the parasha of yesterday, towards the end, talks about war. The parasha of the beginning of next week talks about war. And somehow sandwiched in between is another passage that has nothing to do with war. What's the idea behind that? Why was that passage there inserted between two passages of war? Let's explain. In Parashat Shoftim, the Torah says, when you go out for war, and it says, don't be scared. Why? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with you. And that is the crux of the matter. We believe that Hashem is with us. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Have no fear. Now, in the Torah also, it says that uh, the Torah has a little bit of consideration for people who could be depressed, people who could have their thoughts uh, definitely somewhere else instead of fighting the war. And therefore, they will not be able to be courageous enough. So it says there is a Kohen Mashuah. Kohen Mashuah was almost at the rank of the Kohen Gadol. Not exactly, a little bit below him, but above the, uh, uh, the uh, substitute Kohen Gadol, or, or the deputy Kohen Gadol, as, as we call it, Sgan Kohen Gadol. And he was actually, he had one job to give a pep talk to the people, the soldiers, just before going to war. And he tells them, don't worry, don't be scared, don't worry about it. Hashem Elokechem Haolechimachem Lilachem Lachem, Akadosh Baruchu is with you, is going to go with you, and he was going to fight for you. Then he shows this consideration we talked about. If there is a man among you soldiers now who built a new home, did not get a chance to inaugurate it, and get a chance to go and live in it yet, and he's going to be thinking about that the whole time. Let me go back home. Is that a person here among your soldiers who planted the vineyard and get a chance to redeem it? As you know, uh, vineyards and trees in general, the first three years you can't eat anything. Asur or la. Now the fourth year, you take this, the fruits, and you take them to Yerushalayim. Now if you can't carry the fruits itself, then you can redeem them by taking the equivalent in money and taking the money to Yerushalayim. So if there's anyone like that, go back home. There's any man among you here that got engaged, betrothed to a young lady, but didn't get a chance to get married yet, go back home. And also if someone is just plain scared of war, he cannot take the war. Or he feels, according to another opinion, that he sinned. Go back home. So we see how much 
the Torah has consideration for life. Next parasha talks also when you go to war, and that's talking about the Ifatoa, the beautiful woman. If if you happen to find a, a woman that uh, she's beautiful, so the Torah regulates that. It says you can't just take that woman. This is not like what the Goim do. You're going to have to take her home, convert her, uh, and 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 uh, after conversion, you should marry her, and treat her like any other woman, like any other wife. Everything's regulated. In between, talks about the Egla Arufa. What does that mean? What, what is that about? So it says the Torah that if it so happens that you find a, a corpse, a person that, that, that was killed, or we don't know who did it. We don't know. We can't find the culprit. So what do we do? So the Torah specifies the following procedure. We're talking about Zekenim who are Shoftim. Who's that? That's the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin have to come where that corpse is and they have to measure from there to the nearest town and then go to that town and the elders of that town, they'll be taking Egla okay, and they will, you know, uh, cut the deagla, take the blood and wash their hands and so on and say, please, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, forgive us, Israel, because we really had nothing to do with this murder. There's an opinion in the Gemara that who came for the measurement? One opinion says that the entire Sanhedrin, 71 Hachamim, plus the king, plus the Kohen Gadol, would come to measure. Now, do you realize what kind of, of uh, commotion this is raising? Uh, you know, so much uh, uproar there. Well, what's all this hoopla for? Why? So, okay, we understand the person was dead, but hey, we don't know anything about it. Oh, you open a file, take the name, look around what, what's going on, and try to find, perhaps you can find the culprit and finish. No. The tremendous hoopla going on. Tumult. Why? And why was this inserted between the two wars? Because the Torah is telling us one thing, very important. Human life is very precious. A person here has been killed, has been murdered. We cannot just ignore it. We want to make enough noise that people should know that things like that should not happen. Yes, it's very important. We have to appreciate human life. And that is why it's inserted between the two wars. Yes, you go to war. You have to fight the soldiers and the enemy. People who are armed. But life is precious. Do not go ahead and do any harm to people who are innocent civilians who have nothing to do with the war. 
This is the lesson we have to learn nowadays. This is the problem with people who like Al-Qaeda or, or Hamas or ISIS. They all do not understand. They're brutal. They're ruthless. No appreciation for life. ISIS will take 300 people. ISIS was there, I think, last week or two weeks ago. And they stand them up and they just kill them all. And these people were not there. Plain, regular people. They take a guy, an American journalist, and he beheads him. And they make a video to show the world, look, look how brutal we are. No appreciation for human life. This kind of organizations eventually will not be existing any longer. Hashem is against that. It might take a little time, but they'll be gone. The Torah is telling us, Ushmartem et hukotai vet mishpatai. Asher yaase otam ha'adam vahai bahem. The mitzvot that Hashem is giving us are for the purpose so we can stay alive. Not for the purpose, God forbid, that we should die with them. In fact, even on Yom Kippur, it's if a question of life and the person has to eat, you give him to eat. On Shabbat, a question of life and death and the person uh, uh, has to have something or cook hot water for him, then you have to eat, you, you cook hot water for him. Life overrides everything else. And that's the problem. This is the crux of the problem nowadays that we have with these organizations who they're not fighting for territory. They're not fighting for economic reasons. They're fighting for ideology. It's a new thing. Ideology. Ideology is very hard to, to, uh, to, to combat. Why? Because, hey, they're stubborn. They, they believe a certain way. That's it. You can't take it out of their minds. They're normal. I don't care what ideology a person has. Human life is precious, no matter what. Hamas launching rockets? To, for to whom? Civilians. Right? There was a story about Rav Soloveitchik, Rav Chaim Soloveitchik, Shalom. He was there during the time of the Tsar at the time, before the communist era. And there was one Jew... And they were like uh, rebelling somewhat against the jaw. And one of the young men over there, a Jewish guy, he took the effigy of the czar and he burnt it. Now, that is something that, uh, uh, that carries a death sentence. So he would be executed. But fortunately in those days, it's possible to bribe the judges. So they would bribe the judge, but... They needed a huge amount to get him off the hook. So they told that to Rabbi Soloveitchik, and it was just before Yom Kippur, a few days before Yom Kippur, and he told the shul, I am not coming to shul on Yom Kippur unless 
you collect somehow that kind of money so we can get uh, the uh, uh, release, uh, the, the authorities could release this young man. So they had a meeting. How much is it, huge amount? Who's this for? Is he from our community? No, he's not from the community. Is he religious? No, he's not religious. So they tell the rabbi. He says to them, I don't care. We have here a Jewish life. There's a life involved here. It doesn't matter if he's religious or not. Yom Kippur comes around, comes around. He doesn't show up. He's not there. Then they understood he was serious. And somehow they made an appeal and collected the amount. Rabotai. It shows how we should always at times have some consideration, show appreciation for human life. There's one lesson that we can learn from here. Now, how many rockets were launched? We talk about thousands here. Hamas launched thousands of them. How many of them have actually caused any real damage? Hardly any. We had perhaps one or two casualties. That's it. Nisenisim. Miracles upon miracles. You know, this reminds me during the Gulf War when Saddam Hussein Mashimu was, was launching Scud missiles. These were very little missiles in Israel. 39 Scud missiles were launched. They hit their target, but how many casualties? Hardly any. But there, there were a few Scud missiles that were launched towards Saudi Arabia where an American base was. And it did reach its target. And they had 27 Americans killed and 98 wounded, unfortunately. Nisei Nisim of HaKadosh Baruch. We have to show gratefulness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to get closer to Him. To cling to Hashem now, especially in Elul. This is the time where we have to increase more and more. This is the time. There's another thing the Torah tells us. We have to be wholehearted towards Hashem. What does that mean? Wholehearted. It means... Don't go around and try to find out what the future is from these uh, uh, quacks, people that say, oh, yeah, I can forecast the future. I can tell you what's going to happen in the future for you. Rapsolovitchik, I'll show himself, he castigated all those people that read, you know, palm reads, they read the palms and tell you what the future is, or they read the ketubah, they tell you what the future is, things like that. He very strongly reprimanding those people and the people that went to them. Tamim 
תהיה עם השם אלוקיך. But anyway, what, what's the reason why you would want to know the future? If it's going to be something happy, who cares? It's going to be happy anyway, it doesn't matter. If God forbid something bad, why would you want to know it now? You're better off without knowing it now. Why start worrying years before that? It doesn't make any sense. Hashem is telling us, stay with me. Be close to me. Believe in me. That is the way that Hashem will help us also. Now, I would like to illustrate this with a story that I read about Shilomo HaMelech. Whether this is a true story or whether it's just a parable is immaterial. The idea is the lesson that we learn from it. The story goes like this. A man goes to Shilomo HaMelech and asks him, please teach me the language of the birds. Now we know, Shilomo HaMelech had wisdom more than anybody else in the world. He knew the language of the animals, language of the birds. So Shilomo HaMelech told him, don't. Don't learn it. Don't study it. Forget it. But he insisted. No, no, I want to learn. I want to know. So okay. That's one, fine. So he teaches him the language of the birds. Huh? A week later, he's passing by in the forest, and there's, of course, uh, uh, birds are chirping here and there. And he hears one bird saying to the other, You see this man who was walking? His crop is going to be completely destroyed in two weeks. Going to be big storms, huge winds. The whole crop's going to go. He hears that. Just saying, oh my God. I better get rid of it. So right away, it takes a... Uh, all kinds of measures in order to sell, sold everything. Sure enough, two weeks later, the crop was completely destroyed. He was so happy, so excited. Wow. See, the language of the bird has saved me. Two weeks later, he's passing by. And one bird is saying to the other bird, you see this man? Next week, his house is going to be on fire. He's going to lose the entire house. Again, he really got scared, shaken. Because right away, he goes back, uh, gets the nearest uh, real estate agent, please sell my house. Just get rid of it. I don't care what price, get rid of it. And sure enough, the next week, the house was on fire. That all destroyed. Ah, how happy the man is. Oh, I'm saved again. Then, two weeks later, he was passing by. And he hears one bird saying to the other, You see this man walking in the street? He's going to die in two weeks. He's going to die in two weeks. 
Wow. Now, the man is beyond himself. What's he going to do? So he runs back to Shalom HaMelech. He says, look what's happening. Look what's going on. So Shalom HaMelech says to him, you see, I told you not to learn the language of the birds. You insisted on it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was giving you some warning signs. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to punish you, not yourself, but perhaps punish you through your estates. He wanted first to burn or to, to, to destroy your crop. What did you do? You went ahead and you tried to outsmart Hashem Hasbishalom. You sold it. So you avoided that punishment. Then Hashem said, okay, he's going to put your fire, your, your home on fire. But again, you went ahead and you sold the house. All this because of the language of the bird. Because you want to know the future. Well, this is what happens. Had you not learned this language, you wouldn't be in a state where you are right now. We have to be always wholehearted with Hashem. Believe in Him. Take life as take life as it comes. We have a similar situation with the Negaim. In Parashat Mitzorah talks about the Negaim. <laughs> that is the we call that uh, we translate that as leprosy, but really. It is not. It's a special type of nega. And Hashem says, there's, the Torah tells us there's three types of, uh, of these plagues, of this leprosy. One that hits the home, one that hits the garments, and one that hits the actual body, the skin of the person. The Hachamim tells us that is not interested in hitting the body of the person. What does he do? First, it brings that kind of a nega on the home. On the home, that's not him, it's the home. Okay. Here, he, the person says, oh, there is something there. Maybe he should take it. There's a message from Akadosh Baruch. Learn something. Take a lesson from it. If he doesn't, then Hashem gets closer. He gets closer and he gives him the nega on his garment. Now, again, if he doesn't learn a lesson from that, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu hits the skin. Hashem gives us messages and warnings every single day. It's up to us to be able to recognize those messages. God forbid sometimes everything is fine and a person gets into an accident, gets hurt, that could be a warning. Could be some kind of a message. There's many, many kind of messages. When you have Nisei Nisim coming into Eretz Israel with thousands of rockets hardly made a dent in the population of Israel, that is a message, Rabotai. And the message very, very clear. Let's go back to Hashem. 
Let's show appreciation for life. Let's show appreciation for the mitzvot, the hukim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Let's try to improve ourselves, increase our mitzvot, increase our tzedakot. That is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. Hashem is not interested. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not interested in, 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 in just killing people. He wants the person just to come back. That's what Hashem wants. Let me just mention one more thing, which I heard uh, uh, about two weeks ago. One uh, important British official, uh, as you know, Britain in general is not really the friendliest nation to, to Israel, but this British official publicly stated that in the entire history of warfare, he said, entire history of warfare, since year zero until now, there wasn't one country in the world that was so conscientious and so careful about avoiding hitting the, the, uh, the innocent and the civilians as the state of Israel has shown in the recent Israel-Gaza conflict. Yes, that's what he said. And he, he mentioned, he said, Israel has spread out two million leaflets to the population. They made 100,000 phone calls to the people, make sure they're out. And I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of text messages Yes, we are really proud of our Torah that teaches us certain things, especially this idea of appreciation, how precious life is. And we hope if the rest of the world will take a lesson from this, we will have a better world. We'll be all much, much better off. And we'll all be able to go back to Hashem and say, thank you, Hashem, for giving us such beautiful Torah, such beautiful mitzvot, and such beautiful virtues and values. Shavuot Tov, Rabotai. I just want to remind you, if you can, as much, uh, as much as you're able to, to help out this station. We want this station to continue. We want it to keep going. Shavuot Tov. Shalom Aleichem.